सहनावतु सहनौ भुनक्तु सह वीर्यंकवाहै तेजस्वीनावधीतमस्तु मिषावहै ओ शाशाशाते गुरुर्ब्रह्मा गुरुर्विष्णु गुरुर्देव महेश्वर गुरुरेव परम ब्रह्म तस्म श्रीगुरव नम तस्म श्रीगुरव नम Moving forward with the next shloka. Repeat after me. Sarva Sarva Shiva Sthanu. Sarva Sarva Shiva Sthanu. Bhuta Dhir Nidhiri Avyaya. Bhuta Dhir Nidhira Avyaya. Sambhavo Bhavano Bharta. संभवो भावनो भर्ता प्रभव प्रभुरीश्वर प्रभव प्रभुरीश्वर वेन वी आर ट्राइंग टू टॉक अबाउट द लॉर्ड परमात्मा हु इज एसेंशियली एट्रीब्यूटलेस who does not have a form but yet can be invoked through various forms and essentially any word that we choose to define that paramatma has its own limitations even as simple as an experience that we have of something very outstanding something very impressing within this material world as simple as you have a an amazing cheesecake or a rasgulla whatever a sweet dish and you put it in your mouth it melts it is such an amazing texture flavor the aroma of it the smell everything is so complementing each other you are reveling in it and somebody who looks at you in ecstasy of that experience comes by and asks seems like you are enjoying how is it any word that we choose to explain how is it do you think it does justice to the experience that we are going through it is mm, means what it is awesome awesome means what how awesome you said awesome but how awesome is it actually it is out of this world and when that person is pestering you to tell precisely what the experience is you say after a while 
it is really good, so good that I cannot really put it in words. Don't we say that? Just a simple material experience and we cannot put it in words. It's so good, that's beyond words. You may give gestures and expressions, mm, but that mm, it means nothing. So finally, what do you do? Cut a piece of it and shove it into their mouth. How good is it? That good. Now you tell the experience. Now you explain how good it is. It is not easy to put in words. And every word has its own limitation. So the idea here to talk about that Paramatma, that Supreme, with these thousand attributes is to give us the seekers a comprehensive picture, a comprehensive idea from all possible angles. If there is a word that is used and it, it falls short in one particular angle, there is another word that covers it and maybe that has certain shortcomings. So, in net result, all these thousand attributes that are explaining the grandeur of that Paramatma, that Supreme, is trying to play a, a conceptual game, wherein conceptually you will get a flawless idea the moment you go through these thousand names with the meaning in it. So, having said that, let us continue with today's set of attributes. Sarva Sharva Shivasthanuhu Bhuta Dirnidhiravyayaha Sambhavo Bhavano Bharta Prabhava Prabhurishwaraha Sarvaha Sarvasya Sarvada Gnanat Sarvam Enam Prachakshate Idi Bhagavat Vyasa Vachanat Sarvaha Bhagavan Veda Vyasji very beautifully puts it. He says, Sarvasya Sarvada Gnanat Sarvam Ena Prachakshate. He says, As he, the Paramatma, is the very origin of everything and he is the very end of all, whatever that exists. And he, at all times, cognizes everything, recognizes everything, knows everything. Therefore, he is called Sarva. That is why he is called Sarvesha. The one who knows everything. He not just creates everything, he is not just the origin of everything, he is not just the one who supports everything, but he is the one who knows everything at all times. Now, we are not talking about memory here. That which illumines everything, that because of which there is a cognition of everything, that illumining factor. Can you all see me? As I can see you, you can see me. But this cognition can happen only when this room is lit with these many 
illumining objects. In the light of them, we cognize each other. Uh, supposing we take out all the lights, take off. It's pitch darkness. Can we cognize each other? Through the medium of eyes, we may not cognize each other. Just so that we don't bump into each other, we call out for each other. Hey, wherever you guys are, I am here. So if you are around me, don't you know, run into this direction because I am here. Each one can cognize through the ears. This is one plane of cognition that we cognize. When you close your eyes and cannot see, is there something inside us which tells us that we cannot see? As much as I can see and I know that I see, similarly, I am closing my eyes, sense therefore I cannot see is also known by me. Right? Did you understand this? There is a process of understanding and there is a cognition of it that I know, I understand. Because there is many times, there are portions wherein I know that I don't understand. Both the understanding and the lack of it is cognized in the presence of something which is illumining both the understanding and the lack of it. Both the seeing or the absence of it, hearing or the absence of it. That illumining conscious principle, there are many scientists who are trying to probe the brains. Sorry to all those who have volunteered to let their brains be probed. There is an extensive search probe being done. Where exactly is this consciousness? At least I have to give it to the scientists that they have now started saying that there is consciousness. Now they are trying to identify where exactly is it. That place where the consciousness is not existing, that vastu becomes non-existent. Let me repeat that statement. That place where the consciousness is not existing, that vastu becomes non-existent. Meaning everything that we see, everything that we experience, everything we cognize, is cognized because of the presence of that existential reality. And that existential reality here is called Sarvaha. Now let me speak in layman's terms. What does Sarvaha mean? The whether it is the book, whether it is the uh, mic or whether it is the lectern, whatever it is, don't we cognize it as ease? Everything that exists is cognized by its presence. That presence is the existential reality of that particular vastu. And I the illuminator, I the conscious principle who is aware of it, is something other than it. Therefore, 
I am subtler than it. I am conscious. I choose to be influenced by it or I choose not to be influenced by it. That independence, that freedom I hold. When I bask in that freedom, then I am called Paramatma. But when I live in constant influences and get swayed by everything that exists, whether it is an object, whether it is an emotion or whether it is a concept, all these are illumined by me. I choose to be influenced by it. I choose not to be influenced by it. I hold that freedom unto myself. But when I lose that freedom, then I become an individual entity called ego. To stay above it, that conscious principle is called Sarvaha. Sarvaha, then continuing, Sharvaha. Sharvaha, Shrunati Samhara Samaye, Samharati Samharayati Sakalaha Prajaha Iti Sharvaha. Sharvaha means that potentiality of the Lord, wherein everything is withdrawn back unto Himself. What good is the person when the person knows how to enter into something but not know how to exit out of it? If you do not know how to exit, Aren't you stranded? Aren't you caught? Aren't you limited by it? So the one who knows how to engage, the one who knows how to withdraw. Not just himself getting engaged and himself withdrawing, but since that Paramatma is every aspect of this universe, sentient or insentient, when he withdraws, what happens to the entire world? The entire world is also withdrawn unto himself. And this need not be concluded as a cruelty of that Lord. You know, so many people, so many beings, so many creatures, everything is withdrawn, everything is killed. When we say withdrawn, it need not necessarily be implying that it is killed. I will give you a personal example, meaning... Everybody experiences it. Do you all sleep? And not during the lecture, but do you all sleep? You do, right? When you sleep, in that deep sleep, not even in dream state, in that deep sleep, is there a world, is this world exist, does this world exist for that person who is sleeping? It exists for us who is awake. For that person who is sleeping, where is the world? Hasn't it been withdrawn unto himself? Though it is the same world, each one of us relates to that world as my world. On the substantial world, I project my world. And I consider that my world as mine. That's how many people claim, right? I created this. This is my world. 
what happens to that my world when you are deep asleep does it exist that world goes to sleep along with the sleeper isn't it withdrawn unto yourself for that deep sleeper is there a wife is there a husband is there a child at that moment every concept every cognizing factor is withdrawn unto himself so as we do it in our sleep paramatma when he withdraws this entire creation where does the creation go unto the same level wherein our creation goes into its unmanifest form and when we wake up you know sometimes while we were in you know, college in our dorms we used to play this practical prank we used to i mean i was the known prankster so sometimes we would carry the person in deep sleep along with their bed along with their cot out of their room and suddenly put them in a basketball court or anywhere for that matter which is not their space you should look at that person in their sheer utter confusion when they wake up next day morning why when they wake up my world is not there that which i relate to as my world is not there there is all something new it takes a while for them to cognize where they are to get their uh, you know coordinate their sense of direction and this we used to do it especially on their birthdays at uh, 12 o'clock they are made to disappear into some you know unknown area along with their bed and even in between if they wake up especially from deep slumber and they see something you know totally unrecognizable they are shaken up from within why that which has gone into mani- unmanifest when they manifest out they are not able to relate to where am i so that which i relate to where does it go it goes into the manifest and when i wake up i again start relating to everything sometimes when i travel and these days it has been too much or too many times so i am in too many new bedrooms wherever i sleep it is my bedroom right so at the ashram where i sleep i have got a certain uh, habit that has been the pattern that has been formed so when i wake up i know where exactly is the light so i reach out turn the light on and get to my work sometimes when i wake up thinking that i am back in my ashram because when you travel these many times suddenly you lose track and suddenly i reach out then i understand okay 
that which is unmanifest, which I am manifesting, is not what I am relating to. This is my new world. I have to now associate myself to it. Find my coordinates and associate with it. Because the entire my world goes into that unmanifest and when I wake up, I manifest again. So, in that regard, to that aspect of my world, I am the creator, I am the sustainer, I am the destroyer, I am the withdrawing aspect of everything that I own as my world. So, from that aspect, Bhagavan is referred to, the Lord is referred to as Sharvaha. Shrunati, Samhara Samaye, Samharati, Samharayati, Sakalaha, Prajaha, Iti. The entire world of beings and creation, both sentient and insentient, are withdrawn back unto himself. And when the creation starts again, it is emerging forth, coming back into manifest form. It's not that difficult a concept to recognize. When you light a candle, where was the fire? You created that environment to for that fire to be invoked. Oh, the fire was in the matchstick and then it was lit. Try lighting a surface of water. Water will not light because it does not have the potentiality of unmanifest fire in it. The candle lights up because in the unmanifest, it has fire in it. Therefore, it becomes manifest. And on the birthdays, you blow the candle off. Does it mean that it will never light up again? You create the sufficient environment and it will light up again because it has the potentiality. In the unmanifest, it has fire in it. Similarly, the Lord manifests and unmanifests with respect to the world. Hence, therefore, he is called Sharvaha. Sarva Sharvaha Shivaha Shivaha <coughs> Nistrai Gunyataya Shuddhatvat Shivaha Shuddhatvat Shuddhatvat Absolutely pure, pure than the purest. That which is Shuddha, that which is pure is called Shiva. Sometimes, even within Hinduism, we have lot too many sects. So, there is a constant strife between those who worship Shiva and Vishnu. Between them, they are trying to prove who is the greatest God. And the fight never ends. So, they have their foreheads marked. The vertical lines versus the horizontal lines. So much so is the animosity that they would not even speak to each other or converse with each other. When you go into such local pockets, you will be amazed. Once with the same kind of horizontal lines that I hold on my head. I went to a place where it is Lord Krishna worshipped. It is his birthplace, Vrindavan. I was standing there asking for an idol to be purchased and that person, the, the shopkeeper wouldn't even speak to me, even look at me. 
So one of my friends who was living there, he looked at me and smiled. He said, he is not going to talk to you. Why? Because according to your forehead, you are a worshipper of Shiva. Therefore, he, a worshipper of Vishnu, will not speak to you. And so much is the difference. But in fact, that Paramatma who is expressing as Vishnu is the same Paramatma who is expressing as Shiva, adorning different caps. When he is responsible for maintenance, he is called Vishnu. When he is responsible for withdrawing everything unto himself, he is called Shiva. From that essential standpoint, they are not no different. Between them, there is no animosity. It is not like the Greek gods that they are fighting with each other. They have absolutely no animosity. In fact, in the Saguna Sakara form, with the attributes, with the form, Shiva is constantly meditating on Rama. Rama is constantly meditating on Shiva. They have an Abheda Jnana. They both have no confusion with that regard. But sometimes when the Vaishnava worshippers of Vishnu, when they chant this particular shloka, in explaining this, they skip that word. They skip that word Shiva and there is one more word that will come, Rudra. They will skip these two words. And to such an extent that once I heard somebody say it is a printing mistake. That that word should not even exist there. In Narayana Sukta, it is very clear, clearly said, Sabrahmasa Shivasa Sendra Sokshara Paramaswarat Sayeva Shivaha, Sayeva Brahma, Sayeva Vishnuhu. That Paramatma alone is taking these many forms. When that Paramatma alone is taking every form like you and me, what is wrong in understanding that the Paramatma has taken the form of Shiva? And from that absolute standpoint, it is the most pure, immaculate. Why? Nistrai Gunyataya. There are no modifications born out of, modifications happen because of the three gunas. Since these three gunas are absent in him, they will not influence him. What are these three gunas? The pure one, sattvic, rajasic and the tamasic aspects. These three gunas do not influence the Paramatma because they are moduled. They are his Shakti which he uses and not get used by. So with that regard, what is the difference between the individuality and that Paramatma? We are under the influence of these three gunas. We play accordingly. That is what we call it as mood swings. Sometimes we are hyper. Sometimes we are so introvert, withdrawn, so peaceful from within. Sometimes by mistake in the morning it happens. That you wake up and you are so peaceful. That you don't feel like you know getting into any agitative mode. You are just by yourself. You are so consumed and you are in that peaceful environment. Satvik. 
but you know, life always gives us various experiences. Whatever be the experience, to invoke that particular guna and act accordingly, we need to have mastery over. So, at this moment when I am discussing this with you, you have to be in that sattvic state to grasp, understand and assimilate. But if at this moment, if there is a tamasic quality, the dark quality that is invoked, wherein it leads to lethargy, it leads to sleep. I understand, you have done your job, you have come home, had a shower, had your dinner, at the end of the day, when you are sitting here, obviously you are tired. So what gets invoked? It is that lethargic pattern that gets invoked. Lethargic pattern that being invoked at the time where there is sattvic is required or constantly agitated. When there is, you know, you have to withdraw into sleep at night and when you hit the sack, blessed are those who can immediately get into sleep. The sad or the funny combination of husband and wife is that one of them sleeps soon and not only that they sleep soon, they sleep immediately, but they start snoring. The other person who is not able to sleep further is agitated with the snoring. To be able to invoke that lethargy when required. And when done with it, to snap out of it and walk. These three gunas are under absolute control of that Paramatma. Therefore, he is Shuddha. He is pure. Sarvaha, Sarvaha, Shivaha, Sthanuhu. Sthanuhu, colloquially, in the olden days in kingdoms, there were these... Um, stone markers which were placed around the kingdom for people who are coming in and going. Like, you know, even in today's world, when you cross from one city to the other, isn't there a marker which says you have, I mean, entering, welcome into Irving or welcome into Coppel, welcome into Dallas, there is a little marker which says that. Those markers were called sthanuhu. Sthanuhu meaning permanent markers, permanent stable marker, which marks the land. Similarly, Paramatma, what is he? Sthiratvat sthanuhu. Sthiratvat, the most stable one. I am sure you may have gone to watch a lot of movies. So, what happens in the theatres? In the theatres, you have a projector and it has a bulb. Right in front of the bulb, there is this particular uh, film which is moving at certain speed. And when it is moving at a certain speed, the speed also has to be optimal. Otherwise, it will look like a Charlie Chaplin movie wherein all the movements are exaggerated. I think it should be what, 24 frames per second to get a, 
uh, a live movement. I think that is what it is. 24 frames per second when it moves at that speed. Then you get a live format. Where is it projected? It is projected onto a white screen. Though that which is projected on the screen has lot of movements, does the screen move? That which sustains, that which is the substratum onto which the movement can be projected, that substratum, immovable substratum is called sthanhu. Every change can be observed with respect to that immovable principle. When you are in your vehicle, this used to happen in the trains back in India. When the train is moving fast, it's a point of reference again. Because we are identified with that moving train, moving object, then it appears as though the trees, the pillars, the cities are passing away. In fact, they are not passing away. Who is passing? We are passing through them. So, when the train comes and stops on a platform, and Indian railway platforms are the busiest ecosystems. You can make a very good living off of a platform. And you will find a range of things. So, there is somebody selling tea, somebody selling uh, soda, somebody selling you know, some kind of eatables and things like that. They are constantly there running around selling. You get down to purchase something. And then, suddenly, it appears as though your train has started moving. It was not time for it to move, but it appears as though the train started moving. Then in your rush and hurry, you and then suddenly when your point of reference is reoriented, then you observe that it is not this train which is moving. It is the train parallelly parked to it, which has started moving. So, it gives the feeling as if this is moving. So, movement is always cognized from a stable platform. That which provides that stability so that we can cognize that movement. That stable platform is called Sthanhu. That conscious principle which is within, based from there, when we look at everything, it moves. Presently, it seems like an, a concept which cannot be fathomed. Why? We are not at that stable platform, but we are at the moving platform. Where are we? We are at the moving platform of the emotions. As the emotions move, we feel that we are moving. Therefore, we make statements like, I am very agitated right now. I am very depressed right now. I am very sad right now. 
I am very glad right now. Don't mess with me right now. I am in a foul mood. We get so identified with that movement that we become one with it. So we are the moving agencies rather than the observing agencies. That observing platform is Thanhu. Once we swim across the layers of these thoughts, layers of these patterns of thoughts and watch different movements, we can pick and choose which movement to involve oneself, which not to involve. From that perspective of independence, any thought, whether it be good or bad, if it draws us out of that platform and become one with it, then we have lost that stability. But the ability to maintain that stability and yet work with the moving emotions, moving thoughts, moving patterns, that stable platform of conscious cognition is called Sthanuhu. Sarva Sarva Shiva Sthanuhu Bhutadir Nidiravyayaha Bhutadihi Bhutadihi Bhutanam Adhikaranatvat Adhikaranatvat The source of all beings so there is a lot of economists who say that the population explosion is going to hurt the economy. There are some religion perspective, religious perspective wherein they say that one day humanity will come to an end. Because they talk from the standpoint of a soul count that there should be some n number of x number of souls and that many have taken birth. So, there would be one time wherein there will be no souls. Now, when you look at the ocean, <clears throat> across the entire globe, There are how many waves on the ocean? One too many. There are infinite number of them. Would there be a time in future wherein the ocean would have expanded itself by the number of waves that it produces and therefore one time in future wherein there will be no waves in the ocean? There will never be a time wherein there will be no wave in the ocean. Because ocean is an infinite vast spread of water. And as there is movement in it, there will be waves. When the ocean's existence itself is unquestionable, the waves, can they ever deplete itself? Can there ever be a situation wherein there will be no waves at all? Bhutadihi, the one who is the origin of all modifications, all creation. Creation is a surge like a wave. 
when it goes back into its source, it again comes back as a cycle. There is never a time, there is never a period wherein there is a pause. But suddenly all waves have stopped. Can you imagine an ocean without waves? There will be constant movement in it. Similarly, Paramatma is the origin, like the ocean is the origin of all waves, unending. Similarly, Paramatma or the Lord is the origin of all beings, all creatures, all things that exist. He is the source. Everything that exists, <clears throat> doesn't the science make the first hypothesis that neither energy nor mass can be destroyed? It may change forms from one form to the other, but can it be destroyed? Mass changes into energy, energy changes into mass. We have only learnt and mastered one art. That the existing mass is used as energy. But we are, we are, we are yet to master the art of getting the mass out of energy. It's a simple equation, right? Einsteinian theory says E equals mc square. I am not talking about the company, I am talking about the formula. E equals mc square. Energy is produced when mass and light collide. Now in the same equation, E divided by c square, what should it produce? It should produce mass. In that way it is indestructible. And here they say it is indestructible because the source for both energy and mass is indestructible. That from which both mass and energy comes out is always constant. Bhutadhi, the origin of everything that which is, all beings, all creatures, and all this entire creation. Bhutadhi. Nidhi. Nidhi. Pralaya kale asmin sarvam nidhiyate iti nidhi. And at the end, when the wave merges back into the ocean, there is that brief moment when it is consumed back into the ocean. Before it takes form of a, as another wave, that brief period, what happens to that wave? That particular wave has come to an end. But it does not or it should not be concluded just because the wave has ended, the modification has ended, that the ocean ceases to exist. Does it? I mean, if that be true, none of us would be sleeping. We would truly be zombies. Why? And what? I may go to sleep. And in that sleep, I may cease to exist. I may not wake up again. Because it does not happen, we are glad enough to sleep. 
whether it is a classroom, whether it is a boring lecture or whether it, wherever it is, we don't mind sleeping. Why we know that it is something that goes and then we again come back. So that unto which everything goes back into is called Nidhihi. Pralaya Kale Asmin Sarvam Nidhiyate That unto whom everything is withdrawn in Nidhihi. Why does it happen? They said Avyayaha. Avyayaha <coughs> because that Paramatma is unchangeable. Across the globe, how many rivers merge into the ocean? Lots of them. How much of water, how many gallons of water, metric tons of water reaches into ocean? A lot. Does it seem to change the ocean? It has space for everything to merge into it. At the same time, the waters evaporate, again join into the clouds and fall into the land and it starts feeding these rivers. It's a constant cycle. That unto which it merges, even after merging, it is not that suddenly it will start exploding. What do they call it? That explosion in the cosmos is called a supernova. Right? There is this supernova and it explodes. And after the explosion, it again starts drawing everything unto itself. And that's called a black hole. Dense mass. And when the density increases beyond its range, it again explodes. Even if it withdraws, it goes into unmanifest. And after that unmanifest, again it will manifest. It's a constant cycle. And that constant cycle of change is the nature of this Jagat, is the nature of this world. Change is the changeless law of this world. But that which supports these changes... Like the screen in the movies, unto which everything merges into, that is called Nidhihi. That Paramatma, unto whom everything merges back into. Wherein all these differences, all these modifications lose their identity of form and name and merge back to become one. During Sankaranti, is that the time that you celebrate even Pongal, right? There are a lot of these fairs in the Indian villages. So there is one habit or one cultural habit wherein they make lot of shapes out of sugar. Sugar is, uh, you know, diluted into a syrup. And it is poured into the molds. 
So as many as you can sell. And after that festivity is done, what happens to these molds? They again put into a big vessel. Put all of them into that. So there was this owner of that sweet candy shop. So he saw in that particular village during that season that there was a lot of sale of that sugar candy in the shape of a bunny. So there was a tiger, there was a you know dog, there were various shapes. They were not you know clicking well with the crowd, the customers. So he was announcing to his son who was working. He said, put all the dogs and the tigers into the pan. Now, after you put all those dogs and things into the pan, what happens to the form and the name of that form? It merges back to become that sugar syrup. So that it can be remolded. Similarly, the entire creation is withdrawn unto. That which is withdrawn unto, that is called Paramatma and that is recognized as Nidhihi. Bhutadhir Nidhiravyayaha Sambhavo Bhavano Bharta Prabhava Prabhurishwaraha Sambhavaha Sambhavaha Svechaya Samichinam Bhavanamasyeti Sambhavaha In Bhagavad Gita also Bhagavan says Yadha Yada Yadahi Dharmasya Glanir Bhavati Bharata Abhyutthanam Dharmasya Tadat Manam Srijam Yaham Dharma Samstapan Arthaya Sambhavami Yuge Yuge So in those two shlokas he says that at his own free will Svechaya at his own free will he takes different forms rest of us go through a cycle because of our actions we form different patterns different layers of tendencies impressions based off of those impressions and tendencies we are again forced as if into the same pattern of work again and we develop certain habits a certain way of doing things certain way of living certain way of lifestyle we develop and these patterns as long they as long as they exist the law of karma the law of cause and effect that we will be born again and again but for the lord there is no such pattern of vasana which compels him to take birth therefore he says Svechaya, at his own free will. It's not once in 2000 years. Whenever it is necessary, he takes that form required for that particular situation to troubleshoot that situation. He comes in different forms. And all of our Indian gods, they literally come down and shoot the problem. So they are literally the troubleshooters. So in Ramavatara, he shot Ravana, Kumbhakarna. In Krishna Avatara, oh, he slain many people. And with the help of Arjuna, 
ही रेस्टोर्ड धर्म वेन एवर इट इज रिक्वायर्ड संभवामी आई विथ माई ओन फ्री विल आई एक्सप्रेस इन टू दिस वर्ल्ड दो आई एम नॉट बाउंड बाय एनी कर्म और इट्स टेंडेंसीज दैट इट लीव्स बिहाइंड संभवा द वन हु होल्ड्स दैट फ्रीडम एंड वॉट इज दैट फ्रीडम कर्तुम अकर्तुम अन्यथा कर्तुम शक्म कर्तुम द एबिलिटी टू डू अकर्तुम टू विथड्रॉ फ्रॉम इट और टू डू समथिंग एंटायरली डिफरेंट वाई बिकॉज इट इज हिज वर्ल्ड दैट ही इज एक्सप्रेस्ड एंड ही एक्सप्रेसेस इन वॉट एवर फॉर्मैट रिक्वायर्ड फॉर दैट टाइम it is like and though the example has its own flaw but at least go along with me you have started a new company a startup the concept is brilliant but you have started with very meager beginning you have very meager resources you are the ceo but you don't have enough finances to appoint a personal secretary or a, a doorman or so when there is somebody who delivers a package who receives the package you become the doorman when somebody calls for an appointment who becomes the pa you become your own pa when coffee spills who becomes the janitor you become the janitor at your own free will you become everything similarly and though here it is the poverty which makes you do all all those things that's why i said the example has a flaw he doesn't do it out of poverty or for lack of things but as he wishes to do it at his own free will sambhavaha धर्म संस्थापनाथा संभवामी युगे युगे स्वेच्छया संभवती संभवामी ही टेक्स बर्थ और ही टेक्स फॉर्म्स एट हिज ओन फ्री विल स्वेच्छया संभव एंड देन कंटिन्यूंग भावना व्हाट डज भावना मीन भावना लिटरली मींस द डिस्ट्रीब्यूटर each one of us does certain actions and we see in the day to day world that the same kind of work when somebody else does there is a different result they get recognized they get promoted they get uh, all the name and fame the same kind of job you do it you probably don't get it or you probably get more than it so there is no one particular law that says that you know you do only this 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 step by step and you will get that result nobody can promise that because it's a huge unimaginable matrix around us when i do a certain action that which should yield that result unto me that environment also has to be created for example 
this particular interaction that we are having, if you look at it, each one of us is born in a different land altogether. Right? You are born in India, you are born in Malaysia, you are born in US. In different times, I am not going through the date of births, but different times. Some may be 30 years ago, some may be 20 years ago, some may be 60 years ago, some may be 40 years ago, whatever it was, different times, different zones we were born in. But for this interaction to happen, it could not have happened a day before or a day after. We should have gone through all the experiences that we have gone to reach at this point to be able to receive this experience. And the one who has set up this system of nature's laws that every action will have its results according to the intensity and the intentions of the one who is doing them. Every action will have a result. But when will it have? It is decided by that Paramatma. Therefore, he is called Bhavanaha. The same farming land, the same farmer, but the farmer sows different seeds. When he sows paddy, the rice will give crop, the paddy will give crop. In three to three and a half months. If he sows a coconut plant, it will give a crop in minimum four to five years. The same land, same effort, but the seed of karma which is being sown, being different, it will result in different times of result. So, which kind of action, what time frame it will result in? How it will result in the one who has established that natural law is called Sambhavanaha. Sorry, Bhavanaha. To understand this is not that difficult. Have you ever played a video game? Angry Birds, have you played? You have a pad. Just for the fun of it, download and play once. So you will understand the example. <laughs> so each bird has got a certain tendency. Right? One just goes and hits the target. One leaps and then when you press the button, it gets that momentum, it gets that velocity and strikes with the speed. One is at such size that it's sheer uh, gravity that works. There is other one which lays an egg which bursts. One splits into three. Is there a logic and rhythm to it? There is no logic and rhythm to it. But the creator of that, that particular game has created the game such. And while creating that game, he has given certain rules. 
you understand those rules and play accordingly, you will get the intended results. And you play sloppy and you blame. Yeah, this is the one who has invented this game, pretty lousy fellow. In fact, he should take all these angry birds to a therapy session. Because they are angry. Anger management sessions. And don't make a big fuss out of it. The game was released. The game had a certain set rules. And you work within that framework of rules to move forward or stay where you are. That choice you have. Similarly, this entire world as a game, you are the one playing that game. How when you act with what intention, with what motive, what results that it brings in, is already been decided. But how you act is not been decided. That free will is with you. The one who has created such program round is called Bhavanaha. Sambhavo Bhavano Bharta. Therefore, he is also called Bharta. What does Bharta mean? <coughs> the sustainer of this universe. How does he sustain? By providing to the entire world prapanchasya adhishthanatvena bharanat bharta by sustaining each element to behave in that pattern he becomes the sustainer. It, like, what is the nature of fire? To give heat and light. Can I complain that, you know, the fire back in India was cold. The fire here in US is hot. If it is fire, it is of the same quality. It has heat and light, period. The one who sustains each element by its nature, by its dharma. We can always analyze you know, why the fire gives out flame and light. Can any scientist ever answer that why is it that the fire has in essential that nature of heat and light? Why not water? So, each element as it is created with its own nature, the one who sustains that nature, therefore is called Bharta, the sustainer. It is only the human beings who have to be taught what their nature is so that they behave as human beings. See, when an animal kills its prey, it's for two reasons. Either it is hungry or it feels the threat of its own existence, therefore attacks. It is its nature. When an animal is not hungry and it is not threatened, it would not even turn its eyes looking towards, you know, I just had a lion, just had a good meal and there is a healthy buffalo going. It does not lick its lips and say, mmm, that's a tasty piece of meat going. Let me cut it and, you know, save it for my rainy days. 
it follows its nature. Human being's life or human being itself not understanding what his or her own nature is behave in such a random pattern that it is only the human beings who have to be taught so much so that when there is a calf born the calf need not be taught to suckle on the udders it finds and starts suckling on it a child born will not know unless taught that his nutrition is in suckling that breast right from that moment everything has to be taught to the human beings i was watching the national geography there was a very beautiful scene there was this giraffe giving birth and the feeble tender looking this giraffe falls and i was shocked at what the giraffe the mother giraffe does do you know what it does with all its strength it kicks this baby giraffe as it gets this kick it jumps amazing when it lands i mean when it falls it falls like a lump and after receiving the first kick when it lands it does not need to be taught that it has to land on its four as a child we have to be taught to crawl we have to be taught to stand we have to be taught to walk we have to be taught to talk and if the teaching is not good you can make a demon out of a human being if the teaching is good you can make a god of a human being that potentiality is there that nature the one who has made us does therefore called bharta <clears throat> prabhavah prabhavah prakarshena bhavati the one who expresses in various modifications when after the tsunami the how do you call them oceanologists is it a word is it a word okay the oceanologists those who study the oceans oceanographer okay oceanographer <clears throat> they found at least 100 or 120 new species that which were not listed by them so far they found new entirely new species some of them i mean you will be shocked to see their shapes and sizes the way they look they are ati bhayankar they imagine the ingenious 
marveling marvel in that creator's beauty that he has created these many species within each species like we are human beings what is our population 6 billion or 7 billion 7 billion 7 billion of us are there and each one is unique isn't that amazing such nitty gritty details that each one of us has got a different fingerprint no two human beings have the same fingerprint we all have the same eyes ears nose mouth hands legs a head which we seldom use but we all have the same structure but each one is a unique expression and he has created multitude of plants different species and that itself is a marvel within each species like within same plant no two leaves look the same they may be similar in their structure but they are not the same different sizes different shapes different contours what an amazing imagination of that creator to create such nitty gritty details some of us are blessed to see the sunrise and the sunset have you made a note uh, made an observation have you noticed no two sunrises look the same no two sunsets look the same and every day it is a grandeur of you know such an amazing canvas the one who expresses with multitude of creation is called prabhavaha and why this is prabhu ishwaraha sarvasu kriyasu samarthyati shayat prabhu the one who is the lord the one who is the boss of everything the one who has the absolute control over every aspect of nature and its laws such one is called prabhu ishwaraha <coughs> nirupadhikam aishwaryam asya iti ishwaraha the greatness of his is absolutely unlimited it's not that one day all his energy would be gone and therefore everything will go haywire the creation will continue even after 2012 we seem to exist right there was a speculation that the world will come to an end and that part of calendar is yet to be found they must have written it somewhere and that must have been one page of the calendar which ended at 2012 they must have continued they must not have ready studied that pto please turn over there must be one more calendar continuing that which sustains everything and is not limited in power is called ishwaraha 
<coughs> we'll continue the next shloka tomorrow though we have 15 minutes today i'm with the drop om purnamadaha purnamidam purnat purnamudachyate purnasya purnamadaya purnamevavashishyate om shant shant shantihi हरि ओम श्री गुरुभ्यो नमः हरि ओम